We've been in a series on Wednesday entitled Faith for Others. And um, I, had, I had intention to <clears throat> minister on that again, but um, I, asked, I, just, I just felt very strong in my spirit to talk about something a little different tonight. Um, we'll, we'll preach on, on that again on faith for others next, well, not next Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. I'm just going to stay on that. Um, <clears throat> but I, um, let's just pray. Name of Jesus. Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your word. and Father, for the right word to be preached and to minister to your people what you want to say to them, what you want them encouraged in. And tonight, Lord, I thank you that people have ears that hear. Lord, they have hearts that understand and that great things are accomplished through the word. We're so blessed to have revelation of your word. And we just thank you that people are blessed through the word. And tonight we just give you glory and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen, amen and amen. Somebody needs this tonight. I think Jessica just said that uh, earlier about what she, she just shared. And, uh, and, and I, f- I feel real strong as I was in worship. Um, God was just speaking to me and I feel like that really strong that someone needs this tonight. So I'm just going to, I've got two or three just passages that I'm, I'm going to look at and, and read, and, uh, and then we'll get to it. Amen? So in Matthew chapter 6, they may not have them up on the, on the screen because I gave them different scriptures. Um, but in Matthew chapter 6, I'm going to start reading in verse 25. He said, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all of these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. So in those verses from 25 to 32, he's talking about things. Talking about the potential in life to worry. The heading in my Bible over verse 20, from verse 25 on down, 
to the end of that chapter says, do not worry. So, in this passage of Scripture, he's talking about the cares of the world and the potential for worry every day. The potential that we have to worry, to be fretful, to be consumed in our thought lives with things that that God already knows that we have need of. Notice what he said in verse 31. He said, Therefore do not worry saying, What shall I eat, or what shall I drink, or what shall I wear, or anything. You could add anything in there. For he said, "For, For all of these things, whatever it is, whatever that you would potentially worry about, whatever it is, all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows, He already knows that you have need of these things. So if, if, if God the Father knows that you and I have need of specific things, you know, will He not make sure that things get to us? Well, here, verse 33 is the key, and I'm going to read it in the, in the, uh, the New King James and also in the Amplified. Verse 33 is the key to connecting to, to God in such a way that the cares of the world don't overpower us. And he said this, verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And he said, All these things shall be added to you. Verse 33 in the Amplified says, But seek aim at and strive after first of all he said seek aim at and strive after first of all his kingdom and his righteousness his way of doing and being right and all these things taken together shall be added to you besides all the things that he just got through talking about he said would be added to us all the things in life that potentially have our attention and want to control our thought life, he said all those things would be taken care of if we'd seek his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing and being right is what the Amplified, the way it defined it. If we'd seek his kingdom and his way of doing and thinking and being right, and then all the things would be added to that the Gentiles seek after. The Gentiles seek diligently after in life. Um, There's a verse of Scripture in the Old Testament. We're going to come right back to that. There's a verse of Scripture in the book of Ecclesiastes, the second chapter. If you're taking notes, mark that down and go look at it later. In Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 26. It's the last verse in Ecclesiastes 2. It says, For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight. That word good there is righteous. So a man who is seeking his righteousness and his way of doing. It says God gives that man wisdom, knowledge, and joy. But to the sinner, or to the Gentile that we just got through reading about, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is, what? Good before God or righteous before God. Now, think, think about that tonight in, in the light of the world and the things going on in the world and the cares of the world and all the worries and everything that tries to weigh you down. 
God showing us in these passages of Scripture that there's His way and there's the world way or the Gentile way or the, or the, the care-filled way. There's the worry-free way and then there's the worry-filled-up way. There's the way to worry about everything or the way, there's the way to cast every care. And He said... The things that you potentially, that men potentially worry and are fretful over, they're they're fretful because they're not seeking Him. But it's not just seeking God, but it's seeking the way God thinks and the way He operates. Because what happens in life, according to Ecclesiastes 2, that you're you're either... working for God in life. I'm not just talking about a job. I mean, that's included. But in life, you're either working for God or you're working for people that are for God. Now, I was born at night, but not last night, right? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be working for people that are for God. In other words, what he said here is that the people that are seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness, His way of doing and being right, those people that are seeking that in life, God knows the things that you have need of and He makes sure that those needs are met. But how are those needs met? Not just by what we put our hand to, not just by the jobs and the businesses that we have, but there are people out there that are laboring to give to those that are right before God. Did, did, did everybody get that in that passage of Scripture? Let's look at that again. Some of you are looking at me like, I don't know about all that. <clears throat> I want to read this in the Amplified, verse 26 this time. For to the person who pleases, for, uh, for the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and, and heaping up that he may give to one who pleases God. That he may give to one who pleases God. So in the world, there are many that are heaping up to give to those that are pleasing to God. Now, now, how does that work? I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it just does. But what it says to us is we don't have to, we don't have to head to work every day with this heavy burden and this load on us that the only way God can get anything to us and through us, you know, into our lives is based on what we put our hand to. We put our hand to certain things to be faithful and to be a workman that is doing the things that God is telling us to do. God doesn't want us to be lazy people that don't do anything. He wants us to work, but that's not where the provision comes from. Yeah, needs are met and those kind of things, but God wants to do above and beyond anything that you can even ask or think of. I I really believe that, and and I've heard this most of my born-again life from years back, I've heard this talk about wealth being transferred into the hands of the righteous 
based on certain passages of Scripture like this. There's a number of, of other passages of Scripture that talk about this, about wealth and, and those kind of things. And it's not, about, it's not about you thinking that somebody with money is going to give you something. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting the burden and the cares of life off of our shoulders so that what we do, we can do it with joy, but having an expectation of God meeting every need and not just our needs, but our desires because we're not weighed down with the cares of the world. Many times, opportunities that come our way We'll miss those opportunities because we're weighed down with the cares of the world. God wants you to be open to the opportunities that are out there. And I'm telling you, there's many, many, many opportunities. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to look at that real quick. Second Corinthians chapter 5. In verse seven says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is become new. Now all these things are from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you. Dun, 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 dun. <clears throat> now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Now, this little passage right here that's talking about becoming the righteousness of God. The Bible says that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, because of what he did. But I'm becoming righteous in my thinking. I'm becoming righteous in my thinking day by day as I live my life not for myself but for others. We've been talking about having faith for others. One of the things that shuts down the flow of the blessing of God in our life, God, God, God has blessed you. Say, I'm blessed. If you're born again, His blessing is on your life. But what shuts the blessing flow down on a day-to-day -day basis, even though you're blessed, that doesn't mean that blessings flow. 
And we do things at times that shut it down. We just need to be aware of what it is and get rid of it. But right here, he's talking about if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and everything is brand new. There's all, all of us sitting here tonight, we are those people. Old things are passed away, everything's new. But there's a whole bunch of people out there and people that come into your life every day that don't know how to leave old things in the past. Old things continue to become fresh things that, that torment their life on a day-to-day basis. And they've got to learn how to be set free of that. We've been called, your calling in life, first and foremost above everything else, is to be a minister of reconciliation. To have the anointing in the hand of God on your life to minister life to other people. To have the anointing in your life in such a way that you have answers for people in the moment. Paul told Timothy, be instant, in season and out of season. Be instant for others. Having words and things for other people. Being aware of people around you instead of being focused and constantly thinking about yourself all the time. When we're focused inward and thinking about ourselves, then we're not fulfilling the purpose and the plan. And so what's happening is, what's happening is we're not becoming that righteousness that Jesus established us in. You're the righteousness of God in Christ because of what He did. But for that to be manifested in your thinking, like it said in Matthew 6, to think like God. See, His righteousness... His, his, his righteousness is His way of doing and being right. For me to think that way is to think according to His plan, and His plan is people. His plan is you and I getting outside of the realm of ourself and being focused on the lives of others. There lies the blessing of God. There lies opportunities. Just like Jessica was saying earlier about the opportunities that come our way. There are many opportunities in the financial realm that come our way, but they have to, they've got to be bathed in God's way of thinking and doing. Because there's a lot of things you could do, but the, but the only things you want to find yourself doing are what God wants for you. See, and you find those opportunities, they, they come our way when we're focused on others. When, 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 you know, the Bible says any good thing that you do for someone else, the Lord will make sure that it comes back to you. I'm going to say that again. Any good thing you do for another, God will make sure that good things come back to you as a result of it. So that we find, we find in our life, not, not a life where we're living inside of our, our little world or our little picket fence, but we're living in a world that is thinking about the lives of other people. There lies the opportunities. There lies what I was telling you earlier. There lies the wealth transfer. There lies your connection with people that are laboring to sow into your life, to give into your life, to give opportunities, to bring opportunities your way. You, you're not, you, don't, you don't give yourself for other people because of what they give back to you. See, that's wrong thinking. We, we, we're not, we're not going to help somebody because they're going to help me. I'm going to help people. I'm going to be a blessing to people. I'm going to look for opportunities to sow into others. And then, and then God's law and His process comes back to me. Long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. 
God never forgets a seed sown. Every good thing you ever do for anybody else, God will make sure that it comes back to you. There are the opportunities for blessing. There are the opportunities. A couple of scriptures just I want you to think about tonight. Um, oh, in the book of Haggai, Old Testament. Haggai chapter 2. <clears throat> Haggai chapter 2. Oh, that's Hosea. Where'd, I, where'd Haggai go? Right after Zechariah. Yeah. Right after... Here it is. <laughs> There's Habakkuk. You're getting there. I'm almost there. And it's Zechariah. How good is that? There it is. Haggai chapter 2. And verse 6. It says, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more, it is a little while, and I will shake heaven and earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Notice what he said. He's talking about his glory, and then he says this. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. And the glory of the latter house or temple shall be greater than the former. And in this place I will give peace. And that word peace is prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. He said when he's talking about the glory, he's talking about the silver and the gold. He said the silver and the gold is mine. If you and I really believe, or, or the more that we learn to understand that, then everything that you need is already met. Remember what he said in, in Matthew chapter 6? I already know that you have need of all the things that everybody else seeks after. So, in balancing in our lives what we seek after and what we spend most of our time at, as we're balancing that out, what God begins to reveal to us is that He's got the things in this life covered. There's not anything that you and I have to be afraid of. There's not one thing in life, not financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, there's not one thing that God wants you afraid of. God wants you free from fear and in absolute faith and confidence that He is not just able but will do everything that He said He'll do. The enemy works overtime to convince you and I that we're not the righteousness of God, We've made mistakes or we've done this thing wrong or that thing and you know because of this then it's going to stop all this other thing from happening listen god knows what we have need of and the more we seek after him and seek after his way of thinking and operating as we do that things come to us and manifest in our lives because why he can trust us and and he knows when you know and you really believe that He really will do what He said He'll do. Not just talking about it in Scripture, but He'll really do it. You know, that really, if the greater one is in me, 
If, if, if he that is greater than anything on planet Earth, anything that has a name, he's higher. Anything that appears to be one way, his way's better. No matter what things look like, God is bigger. And if he's really that God, and, and he knows when we believe it, that's when things flow. That's when things begin to manifest and opportunities come our way. I'm telling you that, that we're living in a time... I mean, we, we've, and when I say a time, we've been living in this time for years and years. Humanity has lived in this time for years and years. We're living in a time of opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. This is a time of opportunity. Never before has there ever been a time since Jesus came that it wasn't the time for opportunity. There's a lot of people, and I've done some study and read stories about people that during the Great Depression, there were certain people that got, that, that got overwhelmingly wealthy during the Great Depression. But when you hear about the Great Depression, you hear about depression, right? But there are some people that had great joy during the Depression because they made lots and lots of money. Now, making money is not the key. It's not the goal. Because during the Depression, there were many people that made money at the expense of other people. See, that's not what we're about. We're not, we're not about prospering and advancing at the expense of other people. We want to bring everybody along. Amen? We want people to prosper and to advance and, and, and to move forward. Why? Because that's God's heart. God wants people on top and not underneath. He wants people alive and full of joy and not depressed. You know, when, when, when you have nothing and nothing is happening and you don't see God moving and operating in and through your life, you don't see opportunities coming your way, depression can set in. That's not God. God wants us advancing. God wants us encouraged. God wants us to know that the silver and the gold is His. Right? The wealth that's already in the earth is His. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, but He's given the authority in the earth to prosper in advance to the sons of men. So, for you and I to prosper in advance and, and advance in life, we've got to think the way He thinks, we've got to operate the way He wants us to operate, and we've got to understand that His kingdom and His domain, it, it rules over any other kingdom or government or anything else on planet Earth. No matter what it looks like out there today, God is greater and bigger. He just wants us to think according to His plan and according to His purpose. Amen? Now, back in Matthew, go back there in Matthew 6. I want to just tie this together real quick. So, There's four things here that we need to be aware of. Number one, do not worry. Just like it says in my margin here. Do not worry. Jesus is saying, don't worry about anything. Worry about nothing. Take the care of nothing. Okay? And he says, the second thing is, explaining to us how we don't take cares. How do we cast the care? How, how do we 
how, how do we cast the cares of things, number one, with our mouths by declaring that we're, we're not worrying, declaring that something is not going to get the best of me. But 1 Peter 5 says that as we humble ourselves under His mighty hand, that's casting the care. Because what we do is we come under Him, and when you come under, then He puts you over. Coming under puts us over. So the second thing he's talking about here in Matthew 6 is not taking the care, but casting the care through humility, coming under. The third thing he's saying is that we've got to think according to God's purpose and plan. If we're not thinking according to his plan, then you're thinking according to a number of other different types of plans that won't produce what we're talking about tonight. I don't know about you, I don't want to be one of those that's laboring to put into someone else. I want to be one of those that in my laboring for the good of others, in my, in my understanding of God's righteousness and His way of doing and operating in the earth, that people are giving into me. It's what the Scripture says. See, the giving part Kind of like what Jessica was talking about earlier, the giving part is not in the form of just somebody giving you a check or Federal Reserve notes necessarily. The giving part is opportunities that come our way. We don't have to be unhappy in the things that we do in life. And we don't have to depend on just God meeting our needs through something that we put our hands to. And the way we do it is what I'm telling you tonight. Being focused and having God's purpose and plan as my purpose and plan, which is people, and not seeking after things like they're the answer to my joy and my fulfillment in life. He said, if you'll think like me, then I'll make sure all those things will be added to you. How many in here like things? I got both hands up. I like things. I like nice things. I like stuff, but I'm not going to go after stuff at the expense of what God is showing me and revealing to me in His kingdom. I want stuff finding me out. And that's, that's what the wealth transfer in the earth is all about. And the wealth transfer comes from people that don't understand. But listen, if we're doing our part, people that don't understand, they'll understand. They'll understand. God set it up this way. And the fourth thing is found in the last verse of Matthew 6. Therefore, when, when from verse 25 on down, the not worrying is about the cares today. The fourth thing is, when you learn not to worry about today, then you begin to have faith about not worrying about tomorrow. He said, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own stuff, its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Tomorrow already is in God. And tomorrow will, will be sufficient in all of the cares 
and all the worries and all the frustrations and all the stuff and everything, if you're worrying today, I promise you, the stuff will be there to worry tomorrow. So we're going to practice today casting the care and not taking the worry and the cares of things. We're going to seek the kingdom first and His righteousness, His way of doing and thinking and operating so that we operate like Him, cast every care. And so today, I'm casting the care for tomorrow. So when tomorrow comes, and I potentially could worry and be fretful tomorrow the same way, I'm not going to be tomorrow. Why? Because I'm not today. Somebody shout amen. Amen. I'm telling you, you needed to hear this word tonight. I'm telling you, you needed to hear this. Okay, I'll give you one more verse. I've got about ten, but I'll give you one. And and, and I've got to come back to this thing about the wealth transfer in the earth. I'm going to come back to it. But in Isaiah, Isaiah, where is that, Old Testament or New? I'm just teasing. Isaiah 45. And verse 2. He said, I will go before you and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Watch this. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of what places? Hmm? Secret places. That you may know that I, the Lord, who call you by your name, am the God of Israel. So, when God brings to you the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places, when things are brought to you, where you have no idea in your natural mind how things are going to come in the natural, but as you're seeking His kingdom and His way of doing... As opportunities come, things come in your lap and dropped in your lap so that you know, so that you know, and you can tell others that there's a God in heaven. And that the God that I serve, not only does He meet my needs, but He fulfills my desires because my desires are His. Look at this and then I'll end with this. Psalm 37. This is what He does. Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him. And what what will He do? He will bring to pass what? Your desires. Why? Because you've committed your way to Him. You're seeking first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added to. Just, just, this is free right here, but I'll just read this. And He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. Rest in Him and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret... Because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. In other words, don't worry. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall do what? They'll inherit the earth. 
Say this after me. I am inheriting the earth. Why? Because I'm not fretting. I'm not looking at my neighbor and thinking, well, you know, he, you know he, he's not serving God, but it looks like he's prospering and all these great things are happening to him. No, you're going to bless your neighbor. When someone's prospering, some good things happen to somebody, you're going to rejoice with them. You know, you're going to be excited about good things happening for other people. Because I'm telling you, when you from your heart can rejoice for the good of other people, your blessing's just around the corner. Things will happen. When we get our eyes off ourselves and get our eyes off of things that we can worry and fret over, and we trust God, we're seeking His kingdom and His righteousness, His way of doing it, and all those kind of things are becoming our desire. His desires have become our desires, and then He brings those desires to pass. How many in here have desires tonight that have not been fulfilled? You've had desires that you've not seen the total manifestation of. Put your hand up if, if that's you. you. You have desires. Seeking His kingdom, seeking His way of thinking and operating will cause those desires to come to pass in His timing and His way, not my way and, and unrenewed ways or maybe ways of the past that are trying to dictate my future. If I'm operating from past stuff that kind of worked in the past and I'm trying to make it work today and it's not God's way of doing it's not going to produce the desire that I'm looking for. And the harder, what, what will happen? I'll work harder at it. I'll get more frustrated. I'll, I'll, I'll drive myself into the ground. I'll have a heart attack and all these kind of things and not see the desires happen and come to pass. I'm telling you tonight, you seek His kingdom and His righteousness and it's just waiting for us. Amen. Doesn't mean you don't have to work for it. You have to put out effort and do all the things that you need to do. But man, I want to put out effort where I'm not just out there laboring for the good of someone else. I'm out there laboring, right, for the good of people. I'm not laboring just for the good of, of advancing somebody that's ungodly. I, I'm out there laboring for the good of others, and what's happening is those that are laboring out there, they're making sure my needs get met. God uses what's going on out there to see that everything in my life gets taken care of. Why? Because I seek His kingdom. And his righteousness. I do it his way. And I worry about nothing. Can you say amen?